Welcome to the Catholic Truth Podcast, where we teach and preach the truth of the Catholic faith without compromise and without apology. We want to give you high energy and non-boring Catholicism, where anyone at any time can come to know exactly what the Catholic Church teaches and why. We do apologetics, spirituality, other religions, our culture, and more. Most of all, we want to inspire you, inform you, and help you to know, love, and live your Catholic faith with purpose and passion. We are Catholic Truth. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Catholic Truth. Many, many, many Catholics have asked us to debunk Ray Comfort, and they have messaged us on YouTube, and they have messaged us personally, and they've asked us to debunk Ray Comfort because he is going after Catholics and trying to convert them. But I have to say right away that after watching several of his videos, I like Ray Comfort, and I think that him and I are very similar in many ways. In fact, I've been doing apologetics for a very, very, very long time, and I can tell that Ray Comfort is very sincere. He's not a jerk. He's not an anti-Catholic. He's someone who sincerely loves his faith. He's someone who sincerely believes that Jesus is Lord and, and loves him with all his heart and wants to serve him passionately the best way that he knows how. And he loves God so much that he wants to go out and help other people to know God and to help other people who don't know their faith and to help other people get to heaven, including many confused Catholics that he talks to. And Many of the Catholics that he talks to aren't good Christians, and they don't follow God, and they do think that they're just going to get to heaven by their works, or just by being good, or just by existing. I mean, they just, are you going to go to heaven? Yeah, why? Do you think you're a good person? Yeah, I do. They think just because they are good in their own estimation that they're going to go to heaven, and Ray Comfort calls them out rightly on that. So I agree with Ray Comfort on a lot of things, and I agree in a lot of the manners that he goes about evangelizing and his kind, uh, respectful attitude toward people, and I agree with a lot of the things he says. In fact, probably most things in the video that we're about to see I agree with, but I disagree with a few things, and we're going to go through those as well. But I just wanted to say at the outset, Ray Comfort doesn't seem to me to be an anti-Catholic, like the last video we did with Wretched Radio, where that guy goes after Catholics and seems to hate the Catholic Church. Ray Comfort seems to just want people to know Jesus, and he's right about a lot of what he says. So let's go through this video and see which things are good and which things might be a little off base. Jocelyn, do you think there's an afterlife? So, from what I was raised, I do think so, um, just because, I mean, I'm Catholic and, and we believe in, in the afterlife, um, but, you know, there's, there's no hard evidence, but I have faith that there is an afterlife. I noticed that he entitled this video, A Loving Warning to Catholics, uh, but I think it would have been more accurate if it was a loving warning to Christians who don't live their faith, because Catholics are not the only ones who don't live their faith. There are plenty of Protestant denominations across the board filled with people who don't live their faith, filled with people who are lukewarm and think they're just going to get to heaven by their own works or just by existing. So I don't think it's a fair representation that it's just Catholics, because it's Christians across the board. And if you look at the Catholics that Ray Comfort talks to, they're not Catholic. I mean, they're, they couldn't even hardly be considered Catholic. The lady in this clip, she had to think about 
whether or not she believed in an afterlife. She wasn't even sure, meaning she hasn't even given much thought to this, much less about Jesus or anything else. So this is someone who clearly hasn't lived her faith, doesn't live her faith. Her Catholicism means nothing to her, and she probably, well, she definitely doesn't know the first thing about it. As we're going to see in this next clip, he goes on to tell the girl that the wages of sin is death, and the penalty for death is hell, the judgment, you know, death penalty from God. And he asks her if she deserves it. So let's see what he has to say. Ever heard the Bible verse, the wages of sin is death? No. It's payment. It's like a judge will give a criminal, a heinous criminal, his wages, what he deserves. He'll give him the death sentence because he earned it. He killed, you know, three girls after raping them. So he's getting exactly what he deserves. God has given us what we deserve, death, capital punishment. Now, do you think you deserve capital punishment? No, I haven't done anything wrong. Never done anything wrong? Well, I mean, I've done things that I probably shouldn't have, but not to the point where I'm going to kill somebody or just something that can be like cruel and unusual punishment in a way. Do you think you're a good person? Yes. You know, that, that, uh, that word good is very relative. Do you know there's more than 40 different definitions of the word good in the dictionary? Did you know that? Yes, I'm, I'm, people use the word good very loosely, I've yeah. noticed that. You know what number one is when it comes to definitions? No. Moral excellence. Good. So let's say if you're a good person, I'm going to put you on the stand and cross-examine you. I'll be the prosecutor. You can, you can do your own defense, okay? You can make your own judgment. We'll call on you for that. Um, how many lies have you told in your life? I've told a lot of lies. Ever stolen something? Yes. Ever used God's name in vain? Probably, yes. Do you know what that's called? No. Blasphemy. Would you use your mother's name as a cuss word? No. Because that would dishonor her, wouldn't it? No. And when you use God's name as a cuss word in place of a four-letter filth word, it's called blasphemy and it's dishonoring God. And, and the Old Testament was punishable by the death sentence. Was that serious? One to go, and I appreciate your honesty. Jesus said, if you look with lust, you commit adultery in your heart. Ever looked with lust? <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> so, Jocelyn, I'm not judging you, but you've just told me you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous adulterer at heart. You've earned your wages. You know, the wages of sin is death. So here's the big question. If God judges you by the Ten Commandments on Judgment Day, we've looked at four of them, you're going to be innocent or guilty? Guilty. Heaven or hell? Hell. Now, does that concern you? Yes, it does. So far, Ray Comfort is spot on. He's 100% right on this. I mean, this poor girl thinks that she's just going to get to heaven by being good or Mm, I don't know. I mean, she actually thought she was good. Maybe that she just wasn't Hitler. <laughs> you know, I'm not Hitler, so I'll go to heaven because I'm good. But it's clear that she hadn't even thought about this, and she had no clue what it takes to get to salvation. So many Christians and people think that they're going to get to heaven just by being good. So my good, it outweighs my bad. So, you know, there's a good chance that I'm going to get to heaven because I'm not as bad as those people. I don't kill. I don't steal. You know, I don't murder anyone. I don't go around abusing people. So, you know, I'm a good person. I'm going to get to heaven. And that's the belief and mindset of many people out there. And it's wrong. So Ray Comfort does a great ministry in calling these people out and helping them to see that their own good works cannot save them. Their own merits cannot save them. We cannot get to heaven of our own accord without Jesus. And that is 100% true. And it might surprise, or it might not, but it might surprise Ray Comfort and others to know that the Catholic Church has taught this 
this exact thing for 2,000 years, that we need Jesus to be saved, that Jesus is the only way to heaven. We must trust in Jesus alone, and we can't work our way to heaven or get there by our own merits. So, just for the record, these Catholics, they need to be called out. They're not living for Christ, and they're not living in their faith. So again, I think Ray Comfort does a good job in calling people out lovingly and helping them to see their sins and helping them to see that they need Jesus. That is true. Let's see what else he has to say. What did God do for guilty sinners so we wouldn't have to go to hell? Any idea? You have to uh, confess? No. Repent? No. I, I don't know. Ray Comfort asks this girl, you know, what did God do to save sinners and to make it possible to get to heaven? And the girl says, repent. And he says, no. And she says, we have to confess our sins. And he says, no. (laughs) I know what he's trying to do, and he's trying to frame it in a greater context and a bigger framework. But she actually gave two really good answers. And I think, personally, he should have found that common ground, just as we're finding common ground here. And it's absolutely imperative in any evangelization and apologetics to find common ground. And so I think he should have said, yes, we do need to repent of our sins. That is necessary. Even though it's not what God did for us, it's what we need to do from our part. And it's also necessary that we confess to God. And ironically, he is going to say in a minute that we need to do both of these things. So I think he should have said, yes, we do need to do those things, but that's not what God does for us. What does God do for us? Well, 2,000 years ago, God became a perfect sinless human being, Jesus of Nazareth. The Bible says God was manifest in the flesh. And the reason he did that was to offer a sacrifice on the cross. Simple as this, you and I broke God's law, the Ten Commandments are called a moral law. Jesus came and paid the fine. If you're in court and someone pays your fine, even though you're guilty, the judge can legally let you go. You can say, look, Jocelyn's guilty, but someone's paid a fine, she's out of here. Well, just before Jesus died, he called out, it is finished. In other words, the debt has been paid. That means God can legally dismiss your case, forgive your sins, commute your death sentence, let you live forever, because Jesus paid the fine in his life's blood and then rose from the dead. What you have to do in response is repent of your sins, old-fashioned word, it means to confess and forsake your sins, turn from them, and trust in Jesus, like you trust a parachute. At the moment, Joshua, you're like someone who's on a, on a plane, 10,000 feet up, you know you're going to have to jump and this is your plan. You're going to try and save yourself by flapping your arms. And I'd say to you, that's not going to work. Trust the parachute. And what I'm trying to say to you today is, Transfer your trust from yourself, I'm a good person, to the Savior. I'm not a good person. I need his mercy. I need someone who can wash away my sins, remove them as far as the east is from the west. And that's what God promises to do if you repent and trust the Savior. Again, almost 100% correct here in that we can't save ourselves. We're not good enough to get to heaven, and we can't trust in our own righteousness, our own good works, or anything else except Jesus. And we need to give ourselves to Jesus, and not just give ourselves to Jesus, but trust in him like a parachute. Like, in other words, with our life. That's exactly 100% true. We need to trust in Jesus with our life if we want to be saved, if we want to go to heaven. We can't just meander through life just hoping to be saved, hoping to be good enough, hoping to do enough. No, we need Christ. And if we have Christ, I mean, in some ways, it doesn't even matter if we're good enough because Christ supplies what we lack. He forgives our sins and he perfects us. And this is the core of the gospel. And Protestants have 
have the core of the gospel. I mean, they disagree with each other many times and even fundamental points of the gospel, but the, this is the core of the gospel that all Christians accept that Jesus is necessary for salvation. So this is good. There is a little bit of a difference between legalism and legalistic justification versus what Catholics believe in the fact that Christ doesn't just declare us holy and he doesn't just declare us righteous. He actually makes us righteous. He actually infuses his divine grace and his divine life into us, cleansing us, purifying us, and making us more perfect as we grow closer to him. I think where we differ is that he goes on at the end of this video to convince this girl, you know, hey, are you going to go to hell? And she says, yes, I think I will now that you've opened my eyes. And he's like, would you like to be saved? And she says, yes, which is great. And uh, he says, will you trust in Jesus? And she says, yes, which is great. And he says a prayer with her. It's called the sinner's prayer where you confess your sins to God and you're supposedly saved. I mean, even though the sinner's prayer isn't in the Bible, but yes, God, when we fall down on our knees and we cry out to God and we look at our sins and we're incredibly sorry for them and we want to start over and we want new life and we give ourselves to Christ and we promise to live for him all of these things, not just sitting down and saying a sinner's prayer. No, you need to be sorry for your sins. You need to turn away from your sins. You need to want to live for Christ and you need to actually live for Christ. And so that when you say a prayer and give your life to Christ, he will forgive you of your sins and fill you with new life. And so this is good. This, again, is the core of the gospel. I mean, it's a lot of Protestants dumb down the gospel to the core. They say that's all it is. I'm not sure if that's exactly Mr. Comfort's belief because the, the video is not that long. But many, many Protestants say, oh, all you have to do is accept Jesus and you're saved. All you have to do is say this prayer and you're saved. Without mentioning that you need to actually be sorry for your sins, turn away from your sins, live godly life, have good works, be baptized, and other things like that. There is more than just saying a prayer. Sure, at that moment, Jesus will save your life, but you're not eternally secure. You're not automatically going to heaven just because you kneel down and say a sinner's prayer. Sure, if you die in that moment, sure, you'll probably go to heaven. But if you live the rest of your life, there's more you need to do. You actually need to go out and live the gospel. You need to go out and live for Christ. You need to go out and love him and follow his commandments, as it says in Matthew chapter 19, 16 through 21, and 1 John 2, 3 through 4. And we need to follow God's will. Luke 6 and Matthew 7, 21 says, if we don't follow God's holy will, we will not get into heaven. So it's necessary that we do what he asks of us. And many Protestants forget this with their simple gospel. Oh no, all you have to do is believe. But believe means different things to different people. Even Protestants, some say you need works. Some say you don't. Some say the works are saving. Others say they're not. Others say you don't need works at all. You All you need is faith. You don't need to do a single work in your whole life and you will go to heaven. I have had Protestants tell me that. Now, other Protestants will be like, well, that's a false gospel. And they'll say, well, you have a false gospel. And both sides start slinging Bible verses. They're both using the Bible. My point is you need more than just faith. You need to live for Christ. And that's something that's left out of many simple gospel things. And I think perhaps he should have told her that, okay, here's a blueprint of what you need to do. And as an evangelist, I know it's not always that easy. You have a few minutes with someone, and if you only have a few minutes, you want to give them the core gospel. So, okay, good, fine. But 
we need to know that there's more than just faith. And if you're watching this video and you think you're going to get to heaven by being a good person, maybe now's a good time to get right with God. Maybe now's a good time to get to confession, confess all of your sins to God, to get down on your knees and say, I can't get to heaven on my own. I need you, Jesus, and give your life to Jesus and then go live for him. You know, find a church, read the Bible, get baptized. You have to get baptized. Matthew 16, 16 says faith and baptism are necessary to get to heaven and to save us. Acts 2.38 says repentance and baptism are necessary for the forgiveness of our sins. And John 3.5 talks about new life through being born again. And this is referring to water and the spirit. Baptism. Also seen in Romans chapter 6 verses 1 through 11. Baptism. I mean, not to mention the Eucharist and other things that Christ gave us as well, but all of these things are necessary for salvation one-time moment, sing a sinner's prayer, won't get you to heaven long-term. You need to go live out your faith, and that is the way to heaven. Believing in Jesus, loving Jesus, trusting Jesus, and living your whole life for Jesus, giving everything to him. I mean, what did Jesus say? How do we be saved, Lord? Follow the commandments, he said. Oh, well, I've followed them since I was a youth. Great. Jesus said, there's one more thing. Go sell everything you own because your money controls you. Give everything to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven. And the guy went away sad. Even though he followed the commandments, he couldn't follow Christ all the way. He couldn't give his heart, his mind, his soul to Christ. He couldn't give up his idol of money. That kept him from going to heaven. Sure, he had faith in God. Sure, he had faith in Christ. Sure, he even tried to follow the commandments, but it wasn't enough. He needed to give up his idolatry. And there are certain idols in our life that we need to give up for Christ, whether it be pornography, whether it be anger and hatred and wrath, or whether it be sex before marriage or other kinds of uh, sexual fornication. There are many idols in our life that are keeping us from Christ, and Christ is asking us to give those up. Now, if we say yes, he will help us with that and save us. If we turn away and say no, well, we can't be saved, no matter how much faith we have in Christ. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 says that idolaters, murderers, homosexuals, fornicators, those who have sex before marriage, and other things as well, thieves, will not enter the kingdom of heaven. That's what Christ's talking about in 1 Corinthians 6, 9. These people were saved. They believed in Christ. They followed Christ. He was talking to Christians. So if we practice these abominations, we will not go to heaven if we are saved or if we are not, nobody who practices these things without repenting and turning away from them can be saved. And St. Paul says that if you practice these things, you will not go to heaven. So I just wanted to say that little addendum right there and say that, you know, faith is great and we need it and it's necessary for salvation, but we need Christ to purify our hearts, to purify our minds, and to make us like him, to help us follow his commandments, to help us follow his will, which is giving up sin and turning toward him, turning away from our idols, giving up everything for him, and not returning back to them. And if we are faithful to Christ until the end of our lives, then we will be saved eternally. I would love to have Mr. Comfort on our Catholic Truth YouTube channel to discuss these things. He seems like a very nice guy, and I think we could have a great conversation on the majority of things that we have in common and maybe a few things that we don't have in common and have a friendly, brotherly discussion. Maybe that'll happen in the future, possibly. But in any case, we're going to say that, that the things he did well are good and that we do disagree on some things. And we would invite everyone to consider that Jesus did start the Catholic Church 2,000 years ago. He didn't start any Protestant denomination. He didn't start any... 
you know, personal denomination that was started by a man. And all these denominations kind of contradict one another, even on basic theology. And the author of confusion is not Christ, it's the devil. So we ask people to consider coming back to the true church of Jesus Christ, the Catholic church that has been here for 2,000 years and has weathered every kind of storm in the church and out of the church and has produced the most mystics, martyrs, and saints that the world has ever known. Check out the Catholic Church, or if you've left, maybe recheck out the Catholic Church. And if you would like to follow us, please check out our information below. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and you can check out our PayPal or our Patreon if you want to become patrons, because it's only people like you who help us to spread the gospel. So thank you so much, and God bless you.